Welcome to the Genius Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Craig Shields, and welcome to the official Genius Podcast. Every two weeks, we'll explore the ins and outs of how to get more eyes on your business with marketing tips and solutions that are more than just the sum of their parts. Every episode, we'll speak to a range of experts from both inside the Genius family and from further afield. Please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Genius Podcast. I am thrilled to be joined today by Sarah Preston, who is Head of Product and Design at Sonin, who themselves are a digital product agency and one of our proud partners because they make amazing, amazing digital products. And I invited Sarah here today because I thought it might be helpful for a lot of you guys to understand what actually goes on when we build digital products and how can we make sure we get it right as opposed to just making stuff that just doesn't serve anybody. Sarah, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, we're, we're super excited to, to get you on because we know you know many, many wise and wonderful things that are beyond our ken at Genius. So, um, Many of our clients are in the technology space. Many of them are making digital products, um, usually for, for sale. Um, so I wanted to open our little chat by getting your view on what are the kind of essential components of getting a, a digital product to be really compelling, sticky, and ultimately saleable as well. Yeah, I mean, I think to start with, everything has to start with some research. So you have to know the market that you're going into, what that value proposition is, um, what problems is it solving for the users that you're going out to, um, and why is it better than any competitors? Um, then on, on when you're looking at actually the performance side of things, it's really key to make sure the UI is intuitive. People know how to use it. It's self-serve as well so that it reduces your lower head, your overhead, sorry, um, and that it's actually showing the user's value really quickly. So you don't want users to be waiting even, you know, a couple of days, a couple of interactions to actually see value in a product, to make it sticky and make them want to come back and increase your retention. You need to be showing that value really, really quickly, almost within a couple of steps. Um, and then there's obviously the the obvious one of making sure that it's it's fast and it's reliable. People aren't aren't stuck waiting for for loading wheels, especially in today's world where if you watch any Netflix movie and you get the buffering, people tend to go off and and run away because they think it's a bad performance. Um, I think they're sort of the the main things that we say to clients they need to pay attention to. Well, that was all music to my ears because research is the first step of our brand building framework as well. And the thing that I think I bang on about probably more than anything else is actually really understanding who we are doing things for. And I'm glad that that obviously comes into you with product design as well. And couldn't agree more on waiting for the spinning wheel of death. We all hate it. Um, it's a nightmare. As as is, you know, I mean, if I sort of think about how many apps I've downloaded in my life only to never look at them again because they just didn't do anything useful within the first sort of couple of minutes of me doing stuff, and I just forget about them. That is the thing. A lot of apps fail because 
people aren't seeing the point in them within almost their first interaction. If you look at any of the really good apps at the moment, Duolingo, even people like Netflix, Prime, they're all getting to you to that point where it's, this is why I need this app, um, within sort of seconds of downloading, really. Absolutely. Um, I, this is kind of an aside to that. Um, what's your view on how people actually sign up for apps in the first place? Because I'm, I'm very lazy when it comes to account creation. That what, does what's tend best practice? to, it, it depends on the industry. So if you're going out to uh, more B2B, then you can throw a little bit, make it a little bit longer because there's generally some sort of investment before they actually get to that part. If you're B2C, it needs to be quick. You almost need to do that progressive onboarding where you collect the absolute basic information to start with, get them into the app, show them something of value, and then collect a little bit more information, do something else, click some more, um, and sort of squeeze the information and that onboarding and the information you want from a user out of them over sort of two or three weeks maybe um but b2b B2 you can have a much longer onboarding process awesome so a lot of the the headaches around creating this compelling saleable digital product disappear when we work with somebody like you guys um but i'm sure there's ways that people can make their work with an agency like sonin easier um it's something that we we talk to our clients a lot about is you know how to deliver a, a good brief that means that they get what they want out of the engagement and they don't have to be fielding calls and emails from us 24 7 going what about this what about that so <laughs> what sort of things do you think people need to have a good think about before they brief an agency like yours um so for us it's slightly different i think for maybe a lot of agencies because we do a discovery workshop um, where we actually pull out a lot of that information. We'll spend sort of a day, two days with the client in a room. Um, but things that we always ask for the clients to at least have a think about are um, what what do they actually want to achieve? Why are they building this product, not for users, but for them and as, as a business? Um, you know, how is it leading into their business goals? Um, what does success look like as well? Um, is it you're expanding your revenue? Is it that your customers are happy? What What is that success metric? And what is the return on investment for you as well? Um, because some of our clients, even though it's going out as a, a sellable product, it's not always about the revenue it makes. It's about making them a, a standout in the competition or uh, kind of making customers happy. Um, so yeah, the the objectives, what is return on investment and any integrations, both long and short term as well. Um, because a lot of what happens in a digital product is you have a lot of different systems all over the place. That could be Salesforce, it could be um, Zendesk and how all of those systems talk to each other are another place where, where digital products can fail because the there isn't that seamless um, interaction so getting all of that information up front ready to talk to us in the workshop about and take us through is, is kind of quite key for us 
Absolutely. And I suspect that's only got harder and harder over the last few years as the marketing tech stack has exploded. And I'm pretty sure it's the same for other areas in the business as well. Why have one tool when you can have 15? Exactly. Yeah, the the list of integrations is, is getting longer and longer every workshop that we do. Yeah, uh, it's, it's one of the things that I spoke about recently, actually, at an event. Um, it, it just people were sort of looking for, what do I do in 2024? I was like, before you start doing, you've got to cut stuff because, you know, you basically turned your role into an IT managers and you've got far too much tech and you spend your life managing the tech rather than doing the job. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. So moving on, um, when we get into the actual development phase, um, how how do we make sure that the project really delivers on those objectives that the client brought for brought to you in the first place? Um, having a success metrics is the first thing. So actually having KPIs that the developers can work towards, um, because the developers do keep that in, and the designers, project managers, everyone keeps those metrics uh, in sort of their sites, so that whenever there's decisions going on throughout that development phase they're going how much is that actually impacting that metric is it going to impact or does actually it not matter um getting the stakeholders involved as well i think as many stakeholders involved in each part of the development we do agile at sonin so there are set points where we go okay we're going to deliver this feature to you and if you can get it out to as many stakeholders as possible that keeps the, the feedback loop and, and the progress really, really quick. A lot of clients, um, they'll get sort of three quarters of the way through and go, oh, what about this feature? What about this feature? And they fall into that feature creep area um, because they're getting nervous about putting something live, um, which always can be a nerve-wracking thing. Um, but just keeping keeping yourselves intact with what it is you were planning to achieve what what it is you wanted to achieve does that new feature that you've come up with actually contribute to that as well um keeping an eye on the market keeping that research going so that you can do quick pivots if if there's um you know a competitor that's coming up behind you um i mean having those milestones in place that allow you to do those quick pivots as well um and a, and a big thing for me is, is user testing as well. You should be testing with users all the way through your development to make sure that you're actually hitting on what it is people are going to be doing on the app um, or the product in general. Um, are they finding it as easy as, as they might have done? Um, are there any other improvements that can, can help towards those KPIs? Um, being really strict with your backlog what what does actually need to go into that mvp as you're going through the, the development oh, can it be backlogged i think they're the main absolutely points there were a see. few things yeah a few things there that really really stood out to me you know it's uh, the the measurement piece because you know if you w- watched a football game and there were no, there were no goals or who won like you have, to, yeah. you have to know what you're measuring to, to figure out whether you're winning or losing, for sure. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, the, the oh, just one more thing. I've got an idea. I've had an idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, to be fair, we've all, we've all done it. But 
um Absolutely. yeah it's it's that having that bravery to go that's a good thing it's a nice thing it's potentially even a useful thing but is it a now thing or is it something that could be put on the roadmap to be added at a later date because currently product is is sort of sat warehoused and nobody's using it so nobody's getting any of the benefit it offers yeah, yeah. That's a good. i think another thing is um keep an eye on on that um monetization piece as well is that thing you've come up with in development is it actually going to help towards that monetization piece? Um, is it going to make revenue? Now, we don't actually know that until it's out there. So get it out there and, and start making some money from it. Absolutely. Because, yeah, uh, music to my ears. Because, again, you know, we say, say very much the same to, to clients. It's like do all, all the research in the world you can you can stack the deck in your favor but ultimately until you ask somebody to put their hand in their pocket you don't really know if it's saleable yeah yeah plenty of people say oh yeah 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 I'd, I'd buy something like that and then you actually ask them for for, for the credit card details yes. and they go yeah maybe not <laughs> absolutely cool so on 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 that theme um What's the kind of expert eye view on developing a, a digital product once we have launched? How what's the best way to add functionality and features in a way that sort of strengthens our proposition and doesn't make a complete holix of everything we've done so far? <laughs> um, that's an issue. I get asked that so many times. Um, for me, it's always going back to again those metrics that you set at the beginning. What were you trying to achieve? in the first year. Um, nothing is ever quick, sadly, in, in digital product development. Um, it's it's all about doing something and probably waiting about six months to see if it's actually had an effect. So keep an eye on those metrics for at least the first six months. See where it's going because you'll have a spike and then it should sort of level out. So keeping an eye on that metric to make sure that it's not obviously falling too far and, and you're seeing what you, you're expecting to see. From there, um, if you are wanting to bring in new features, um, use the same approach. Give each feature or give each new thing a, a metric that it should be improving. So whether that's the rev uh, revenue piece, whether it's retention, customer lifetime value, value um, any of those, just make sure that it is actually going to positively impact one of those. Um, and a, a thing that we use is bets. So is it a small bet? Is it a big bet? If it's a small bet, then it's just a nice little quick win, and you can probably throw it up there quite quickly and see some sort of return relatively quickly. If it's a bigger bet, you need to be a lot more certain in that return that you're going to get from it because you could be looking at two or three spins worth of development. So get that research behind you again to make sure that you, you've stacked the deck, using your words, uh, stacked that deck as far in, in your favour as you can, then look at the development and getting it out there. Um, everything should be based on, on the data that you're seeing as well. Um, if you find that a feature you thought was going to be your your big hitter, the thing that people buy, but actually it's not, you can take that out and, and change how your your 
um, monetization pieces work in your pricing strategies. That first year is is all about adapting. I think this is basically what I'm trying to say. It's adapting everything so that you've got the best pricing strategy, the best uh, market strategy as well, which I'm sure you'll be uh, well up on. Um, and make sure you've got your, your right user strategy as well. Fab, there was something that you said there that prompted an- another another question that I, I had that I thought you might have an insight on. So a lot of our clients are already in the tech world. They understand building digital products. We do have those who have never built digital products before, who tend to have a very cavalier attitude to doing so. I was in a meeting with a prospective client the other day where they off off their cuff just went oh yeah and we could build an app to do that and I heard what they were proposing and went you do understand that's going to take years and a development budget of millions to achieve and they just went (laughs) is it yes yes given the amount of different things that you were planning to just link together just throw an app together um why why is it so hard for people who haven't done this to understand how much work is actually involved in building a digital product I'd like to say it's because we make it look so easy. <laughs> but, <laughs> that, um, that's, it's probably true, though. I wonder if you've hit on something there, though, because because the user interface of these things is also intuitive and so simple. It feels like the kind of thing that ought to be very easy to do because it's it's no harder yeah. for the user than you know using a Word doc or a PowerPoint or an email or whatever. So they don't appreciate the amount of grunt that went into the back end in order to make that experience happen for them do you know that that could be true um it's a harder question really um we do get that all the time with with clients that come to us and it's it's a new thing that they're doing um and people are you know um shocked i guess by how much time it can take, um, especially when you're bringing in integrations and things like that, which is is where a lot of the fun and games are. Um, and I think for us, we just educate um, clients like that to say, okay, look, this is actually what's going on. Um, this is what our designers are doing. This is what our developers are doing. Um, and actually within you know, a conversation usually with our, our account director or, or uh, MD, they kind of understand um, all the technical aspects behind it. Um, I, I, I don't know how to answer that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not even sure that there there is an answer. I think there's probably a lot of answers because just yeah. as I'm, I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about things like, for instance, Zapier probably making, you know, creating this expectation that every system just snaps together like a piece of Lego and that you can just join anything to anything instantly in a couple of clicks and it all works magically. Um, but anyone who's actually used something like Zapier in any kind of degree of intensity will understand that that's not necessarily true, even of that. So, yes. and if you want a you know a, a proper reliable connection between systems that doesn't break, then it actually is a lot more work than that. I think that is actually a really good point. Is that there probably are quick ways to do it? It's the reliability of those ways. 
um, if you want something that is going to actually positively impact your business, um, positively impact your your customers, uh, and work reliable uh, reliably, sorry, then you you need to invest in the time to do that. Um, it's it's the QA that goes behind it. Um, and we we spend a lot of time doing test scripts and scenario um, edge cases with our QAs so that we can make sure that all those integrations actually do work uh, and they work as many times as possible. Obviously, nothing is is a, a definitive in in tech. There is always something that can happen, an update, um, but making sure that ninety nine percent of the time that that thing works. Um, takes time. Absolutely. And understanding what your expectations are of it as well. I mean, if you're throwing together a real bare bones MVP, because you literally just want to see how it might work, then yeah, you probably at that point can sort of take a few shortcuts and it's not the end of the world if it falls over. However, you know, it's it's probably the the difference between, you know, a a beach hut and a forever home. (laughs) (laughs) If, if 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 you want your forever home, you want a you know a decent architect, a decent yeah. builder, a decent project manager to come and put something together that's going to last, as opposed to uh, a small wooden shack that may or may not be there in twenty years. You should use that analogy. That is a very good analogy. <laughs> Absolutely correct. I'm, I'm the queen of random analogies. Any any <laughs> others you need, just just give me a shout. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because of sort of, I guess, as as being somebody who has been new to so many different worlds, I have to find ways of explaining things that make sense. <laughs> That's why I always look for for the analogy that somebody's going to understand rather than try and kind of terrify them with text speak. <laughs> yeah, my my usual analogy is actually uh, I use flying dragons and unicorns because no one can argue with a flying dragon or a unicorn but they always understand it. I don't know why, but they always understand it. If you throw those in there, it, it makes sense to people. Don't know what that's about. That's absolutely not where I thought this conversation would end, but I'm <laughs> delighted that we've ended on flying dragons and unicorns because that's right up my street. Sarah, you've been an absolute superstar. Thank you so, so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. No, thank you very much. It's, so, it's great to be here. Well, and thank you to all of you who've listened to our little ramblings today. We will be back very, very soon with another episode of the Genius Podcast. But until then, stay well, stay happy, and we'll see you soon. For more information on this subject, please do check out the link in the description. And join us again on the Genius Podcast in a couple of weeks' time where we'll be joined by another brand new guest who will be exploring a different topic giving you expert insight advice and tips we'll see you then thank you for listening to the genius podcast if you enjoyed the show don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and share it with your friends we'll see you in two weeks time for our next episode